You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews. To a new world of gods and monsters. <laughs> the following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Foolish Mortals to Horror Hotel, a poppychuloradio.com and iTunes exclusive Poppychulo Radio pop culture on demand. I am your host and hotel owner, Jeffrey Aruz. We're so glad you could check in. We've been dying to have you. Here on Horror Hotel, we are going to explore some of Hollywood's scariest, most frightening, and creepiest films. Please welcome my co-hosts, concierge, supervisor, legionnaire. Quite a good scene, isn't it? One man crazy, three very sane spectators. Yes. Night auditor, Mark Estes. (laughs) Hello, hello, hello. And banquet manager, Ramon Marquise. Well, 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 welcome back, everyone. Before we head on over to the ballroom, let's stop by the front desk where one of our bellhops has a few special announcements. Good evening. We thank you for your patronage. Please step all the way in and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. (laughs) I didn't mean to frighten you prematurely. The real chills come later. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash p c r horror hotel. Follow Pampichulo Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Pampichulo Radio. For more information on Horror Hotel, visit pampichuloradio.com slash horror hotel. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at panpichuloradio.com. Help support Panpichulo Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash panpichuloradio. Are you interested in joining the Panpichulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at panpichuloradio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Panpichulo Radio programs by visiting panpichuloradio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Panpichulo Radio's Horror Hotel and subscribe. Now, grab some popcorn and some snacks. You may step into the ballroom.
It's time for your feature presentation. Thank you. It's time to fire up the film projector in our ballroom so that we can discuss 1931's Frankenstein. Here's the official synopsis of the film. An obsessed scientist assembles a living being from parts of exhumed corpses. All right, my team. I've got to ask the question that I always do at the beginning. <laughs> Who has seen this movie? Who hasn't seen this movie? Have you ever seen 1931's Frankenstein before? And let's start off with Ramon. Yes, I had actually seen this movie before. This is probably the third time I've seen this movie this in this year. Oh, wow. Mark? Um, yeah, I saw it when I was a kid, but just really paying attention to it was my first time um, the other night. Legionnaire? This is my first time watching the movie all the way through as an adult. And this is the first time I've ever seen this movie ever. <gasps> yes. Wow. We're going to get into right. it. Frankenstein... Let's start off with the cast. So we have Boris Karloff as the creature, Frankenstein's monster. What did y'all think of Boris as the creature? Very memorable. Ooh, classic. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it, especially like the face, makeup, and just how he brought it to life. I loved it. And we have Colin Clive as Henry Frankenstein. What did we think of Frankenstein, the good doctor? Oh, I, I loved him in his madness. Yeah, yeah. My favorite part was when he was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I enjoyed him. <laughs> he was one of my favorite characters. Yeah, I care. I mean, he was cool. Um, I liked how he went from being, you know, like obsessed with his creature, and then being obsessed with protecting his... I mean, it, it was a great balance, because at first, when I first met him, I thought there was no chance for him whatsoever, but <laughs> he did. He, he played it off pretty well. Yeah, I agree with all of you. I think Boris and Colin had really great chemistry together as sort of like the, the master and his creation. I thought uh, both of them did a really great job individually and in their scenes together and we have to talk about our homeboy edward van sloan who we saw just last week as van helsing <laughs> yes. Collecting them chicks. I, I'm here for he it. was he was dr <laughs> waldman oh yeah all right for the universal go-to i ain't mad at you <laughs> yeah what do we think of our homeboy as a different doctor oh just as uh just as brilliant in my eyes. I thought that he was pretty good. I felt like he gave the same vibe from Dracula as Van Helsing. Like, look, I done told y'all kids, like, this is not cool. <laughs> but y'all can go ahead and still play around. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I wish that he was Dr. Van Helsing. That'd have been interesting. That'd have been awesome. That'd have been that, awesome. That would have been, that been interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we have our damsel in distress, Mae Clark, as Elizabeth Lavenza. What do we think of her? <laughs> I loved her. Yes. I yes. love this woman. You hear me? Yes. Oh, she loved Hudson Henry. Did she? She did. <laughs> through his craziness, through his foolishness. Halfway through, I'm like, this huffer really loved this man. Exactly. I'm looking at and her like, like what you see in him? Yeah. <laughs> and, 
and was clearly a bit psychic. <laughs> right. And when she took her behind to that to his little lair or whatever, I said, oh, y'all know she would have loved him because I left his ass right now. <laughs> exactly. And then she came in the damn hills. I'm like, yeah, she's really dedicated to the cause. Right. She right. climbed those hills through that forest to that lighthouse. She was going to get her man. I said, yes, girl, I'm here for you. <laughs> That's too funny. And uh, two more characters before we get into uh, the meat and bones. Uh, Dwight Fry as Fritz, the Igor-like character. He was cool. <laughs> he was comedy. He was good comedy relief. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was He was all right. I mean, he was all right. All right. He wasn't no better than Reinfeld. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and Frederick Kerr as Baron Frankenstein, who I am dubbing the Queen of Shade. Let me tell you yeah. something. Yeah. When I tell you, this yeah, old was shady. Every, he was shady as hell. When he told her, my favorite part was when he told that helper, um, they kept talking about the experiment. And he was like, no, baby, it's another woman. Yes. Right. Here's the tea. Right. <laughs> he had like a slick ass mouth. Exactly. Like, let me tell you what's really going on here. I understand perfectly well. There's another woman you're afraid to tell me. I was like, stop. Like, he wasn't scared to even sit there. He was reading reading back. Oh, yeah. The Baron. He was more worried about his son's wedding. You know, that's kind of unusual because, you know, you're mostly worried about it's really the mom and the daughter worried about the wedding than the husband and the father and stuff like that. Like, ah, your night's coming later. Your your, your day's coming later than night. He's like, no, no, my son needs to be here for this wedding. And you up here talking, you in my face about some experiment. It's another woman. And I'm just, I'm trying to figure out why you're not pressed about that. Like, you, <laughs> you know, yes. like, like you're pressed. <laughs> But no, you're not, so. And one more shout-out to the cast. Marilyn Harris as Little Maria. Oh, You know, that's Maybe. the one thing I did not remember from that movie. When I that's first the saw one kid. Legionnaire, that's the oh, one thing I remember. <laughs> well, I will say, there are two cuts of the movie. There are two cuts. There's a cut that includes her death by drowning, and there's a cut that doesn't. Well, maybe that's it, because I... I like I said I, I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but I would have. It seemed as if that would have stood out, you know, him drowning some little girl. But it, yeah. it, it, when I saw it, I was like, oh, oh my I god! <laughs> I felt so bad because one second I felt so disturbed, and this second I laughed oh, because yes. he just he just, he just up like, a, like, yeah, right. like it was nothing. Like, sir, she is not part of this game y'all playing. What are you doing? Like, she yeah. just up and threw it in the water and just walked away. Exactly. She's finna jump in on her. You float, girl. Well, no, he didn't walk away. He actually, he realized something was wrong. He was like, oh, shit. And he ran. They said, right. but the, the way they described, like, he was horrified at what he did. I don't know. I was getting more like, like. Because he had a criminal brain. It's like, he was like, oh, shit, I wasn't supposed to do that, though. But, <laughs> but yeah. I'm like, how do you go from flowers to a girl? Like, when you picked her up, you're like, oh, you too heavy. You know you can't flow. It's like, child. And I'm thinking he's just going to play around with her, you know, rock her. Like, they finna just have fun. 
I didn't think he was going to toss the hell in the water. Right. He was doing a science experiment. He damn sure was. Yes. Okay, let's discuss the sets that we saw here in Frankenstein. We start off in the cemetery. We've got Frankenstein's uh, windmill. Mm-hmm. We've got the, uh, I'm assuming that's sort of like a college type of thing. We also saw the Frankenstein Manor, and we even had some exterior stuff in the village and on the outskirts of the village. What did we think of the various sets that we saw in uh, this production? And we also saw, like, the woods as well. I like. Yeah, I I like the old school sets. I mean, they look fake as hell, to be quite honest, but there's some sort of weird realism in the fakeetry because the... um, like the cemetery where we start off, I mean, it looked fake as fuck. Like the background and like you could tell that the soundstage. Oh, yeah. But it just yeah, right. it looked so real though. It was like the, it's that weird. It looks so fake. It's it's real type of thing. I was gonna say, um, excuse me. It definitely gave off that you know like film school type vibe at the first beginning of the movie, but. I surprisingly fell into that time period. You know what I'm saying? I fell into mm-hmm. the sets. I fell into, you know, it was, everything was just so regal to me, if I want to use it for lack of a better term. And oh. um, it was it was believable. You know what I'm saying? Like, the even the Frankenstein's windmill, the way he was created and stuff and all that. Um, wait a minute. The windmill is not the same thing as the castle. Okay, so mm-hmm. anyway, what I'm trying to say is where the, where the body was created and stuff. Yeah, that, it was slightly gothic but it wasn't so gothic to the point where it's like over the top like that big ass spider web in the middle of Dracula's castle last week right. you know because I'm like what damn spider is that damn big they can sit there and make an intricate spider anyway but it was very believable like you could go to that castle like today it'll probably be still up, up kept and everything yeah, yeah Frankenstein's really watchtower it. was gorgeous I thought yeah uh huh I like all the equipment that he had where he was on experiment at. Um, I didn't feel like it was, none of it was too much. I feel like it definitely caught your attention a little bit, especially when some of the, like, I guess, flames or whatever that was when he was um, doing the experiment. I also really liked his house. Um, I thought that was very, like, regal, like, like he said, and grand. And, you know, whether it was the living room, the bedroom, I just loved the whole setup and just how... Um, it was decorated. I, I really loved the house. Yeah, I agree. I thought the house was impeccable. I thought it was gorgeous. I, I as I was talking about the the watchtower, the watchtower was just beautiful. It was like very gothic and and creepy, and uh, it felt very real. Which uh, you know, for a set in uh, the 1930s, uh, you know, they aren't as sophisticated as they are now. But there was a there was a strong feeling of realism throughout all of the various sets from the cemetery to the tower to the manor to the windmill to the forest and uh, the the cliff and all that kind of stuff it was it was really nice i liked all the all of the sets in total the film starts off uniquely because uh, it starts off with a gentleman basically um, warning the um, the viewers, this is some scary shit. So y'all are going to be scared. If you can't handle scary shit, you better leave, basically. Yes, I love that. Yes. What did y'all think of that opening uh, prelude to uh, the movie? I'd never seen the opening either. Not not that opening. No, uh, you know, when I saw the movie as a child. 
But that was actually really cool. I, I like that. And even though it came before it did, it reminded me so much of the criminologist from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And right. I was like, you know, I was like, I hate giving this like saying, oh, you know, I see, I see where Rocky got there from, or Rocky Horror got there from. But I'm kind of glad that he didn't come in every five minutes to tell the story and whatnot. It was just like, look, like Poppy said, like, look, get ready to have y'all's wigs snatched and your, <laughs> you know, all because this is some shit y'all ain't gonna never see. I've right. never seen before. So yeah, shout out to Edward Van Sloan who did that uh, opening. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. It was fantastic. So, okay, so we've got Frankenstein. We all know the story. We've seen this story, you know, multiple times now in various iterations from the different uh, remakes to uh, just various interpretations on, on TV from animated to live action. So we know exactly what's going to happen. Frankenstein is uh, searching for body parts to create life from nothing, basically. So was there anything surprising in this version, in this original version, that you were sort of, you thought was like interesting that... um, was maybe sort of unique to this version versus the various other retellings that you've seen from, you know, the comedic retellings to the more serious uh, modern day retellings. Um, strangely enough, the scene with the, well, if we can go back to the scene with the little girl, I, mm-hmm. when I saw, when I saw young Frankenstein years later, there was a scene with the monster and the little girl. And I didn't get the subtlety, I didn't get the backstory of that particular scene until I saw this movie. And it was like, oh, okay. Because in Young Frankenstein, they're doing a teeter-totter, and then he slams down on the teeter-totter, and the, and the little girl flies up and flies through the window into her bed as her parents <laughs> come looking for her, which was hilarious. But, you know, I never really got the, the full gist of that scene until I saw this scene in, in this movie, so that was actually kind of cool because it took me right back to to uh, Young Frankenstein. Little Maria gets around. <laughs> Little Maria gets around. Yeah, right, right. What about for you too, uh, Mark Ramon? I think one thing that stood out to me was, um, for example, when they come to visit his his lair or where he's doing his experiment, he has a very aggressive um, tone, if you will, with Doctor. Dr. Valman, that's how you say his name, his dad, um, and, and Victor. But when he always addresses Elizabeth, his tone is a lot softer. Um, and so for me, I, one thing that stood out was that there's always, no matter if he's in his cuckoo frame of mind or he's normal, there's always that connection or chemistry or respect that he always has for Elizabeth. Like there's an underlying love, even when he done gone off his rocker. Um, that's something that, that really stood out to me. What stood out to me was, and it might be, I might get my movies mixed up though, but I thought that, um, Fritz character was going to be more like, you know, ghoulish or something like that, you know, but cause again, and I feel horrible saying this though, but for some reason I thought he was going to be called Igor. Yeah. I'm no fire. <laughs> well, no, because he's usually called Igor. Right. 
Okay, because that's why like, his name's Fritz. I'm like, I'm waiting for somebody to say, Igor, get over here and do this. I'm like, well, we never did it. So I can't remember the movie back. Like, is he, did he say Igor? Did he say Fritz? So maybe I just got my movies mixed up or something, though. But okay. That, but that's, that surprised me. I'm like, he's not Igor? I'm like, shit. What movie was I watching? <laughs> yeah, the Igor thing threw me big time just because we're used to calling the assistant Igor in pretty much almost every movie so the fritz thing was weird the other thing that kind of threw me that was jarring was the fact that his name is henry frankenstein when Uh he's supposed to be victor frankenstein and that there's an actual character named victor Victor. so that first scene where elizabeth is talking to victor and she's saying henry and victor and victor and henry i'm like okay, is this guy Henry and she's talking about her man being Victor or is this guy Victor and she's talking about her man being Henry? So that was confusing to me. And then they kept on calling him Henry. I'm like, oh, okay, he's Henry Frankenstein, which um, doesn't have that sort of menace as Victor Frankenstein. But um, yeah, that was completely jarring for me. And I was like, okay, I guess he's Henry in in this movie. That's a good point, Poppy, because Victor does give a more sinister... Uh-huh. No, like, roll the tongue, you get what I'm saying? Like, Victor Frankenstein. It's like, mm. Henry? It's like, oh, I just probably get what I hear Henry. Like, oh, it's like, it's like this nerd that didn't get a lot of love in school or something like that, which Aww. brings me back to his how did Elizabeth pick him up? I, right. I really sat there and thought, I had a backstory in my head, like, were they at a college party, or did she sit there like, oh, you, you know, um, you look pretty cute, like Elizabeth. I, I could see Elizabeth with Victor in the movie. Because he tried to say come for her. He like, you know, like, you know, you know. Like, girl, uh, like, you, you know I'm feeling you, girl. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. And she's like, uh, uh, you need to stop telling me that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which basically her response. Because <laughs> he going to say something like, I'm in factually with you or something like that. And then she, was, then she tell her, I wish you wasn't or something like that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that was hilarious. Yes, because she was yes, like, like, I'm fond of you. He's like, right. He's like, mm, honey, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't be. Right. Because I got a man. And I you, got a and you, and, I, and you his friend. Right. <laughs> like, That's too funny. So, this is a horror movie, and something that I think is going to be a tradition here on the Horror Hotel is me asking questions of, like, when do you realize something is wrong? Because in horror movies, something always goes wrong, but the characters don't realize it until it's too late. So... When should have Victor realized something was going to go wrong? Was it when he's told that the brain that he used was not a normal brain, but an abnormal brain? Was it when he saw Fritz get killed by the creature? Like, was it when the creature nearly choked him out? Like, when do you realize (laughs) you've gone too far? The fact that you want to play God should have been a a big indicator that you have stepped one science experiment Uh too far. Because the fact that the movie began in the graveyard and y'all grave robbing, it's like, yeah, this is a horror movie. Like, this, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you've entered horror movie territory officially. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But I think when he realized that, um, when he started choking, yeah. You definitely, he, yeah, he definitely should have realized then when he started choking the guy out. But my whole thing was going back to the God. Dude literally said, I know what it's like to be God. And mm. I thought that was so, yes. like, wait, wait, what? That's when I was like, oh, yeah, 
this Dr. Frankenstein cuckoo is here. But he just right. got so worked up, feeling as if, you know, he was equal to God and had right. no idea what the hell he had just created. Right, because as soon as you heard that line, it was like, oh, in the name of God, now I know what it feels like to be God. I thought, ooh, this right. is not going to end well at all. <laughs> this is not going to end well at all. Yeah. That's why I took a sip from my cup, like, mm, okay, that's how you feel. Mm-hmm. I think something that's really interesting about the Frankenstein story in general is sort of like the public's interpretation of it because i think for the most part when people think of the word frankenstein they are thinking of the monster they call the monster frankenstein when in reality it's frankenstein's monster and the doctor is frankenstein the actual creature isn't called frankenstein Frankenstein. yeah and you know what, Poppy? The reason why I had to reteach myself there is because I was a huge fan of the Monster Squad growing up. And you know, the Frankenstein monster in that movie was called Frankie. They called him Frankie. Like, like Frankenstein, Frankie. They kept calling the monster Frankenstein. So when I sit there and go to like the store, they have the Universal Monsters pictures. You see, like, you know, Dracula, the Wolfman. And you're like, oh, that's Frankenstein. And the Bride of Frankenstein, you know. And because in the movie, The Bride of Frankenstein, they're creating a bride for the monster. So you're thinking, like, The Bride of Frankenstein. So uh-huh. I kind of blame a lot of pop culture doing that because I had to sit there like a few years ago and keep telling myself it's not Frankenstein. The Frankenstein is not the monster. That is, the Frankenstein is the scientist who created the monster. Right. Right. Yeah, it's interesting because I even think to this day costumes of the creature are just called Frankenstein. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like a little bit of trivia that people don't really realize, especially if you've never seen the movies. Or even if you have seen the movies, you'll still you know, automatically call the creature Frankenstein. Now, in your opinion, who was the true villain of uh, the movie? Is it the creature or is it Dr. Frankenstein? I think the creature. Um, I don't know. I tend to, I tend to hold that more towards, yeah, I tend to hold that more towards um, Henry. Because uh, he was definitely tampering with stuff that he had no business tampering with, you know, because of his own hubris, you know. And the creature, is as twisted as it was, was just a victim of circumstance. I, I, I have to agree a little bit with Legionnaire, because, but I kind of, in my personal opinion, I couldn't, when the movie got towards its climax, I couldn't put a pin anything on anybody. Because you look at, like I said, Victor went from being, let me Victor, but Henry went from being, um, you know, this mad scientist to the hero of the movie. And Uh it was like a redemption story. So it's like, okay. And then you look at, like Legionnaire just said, the monster didn't ask to be brought back. You know what I'm saying? He was, he's a, Mm. a, he's a, a a walking puzzle piece of human flesh. And he's just going by, you know, First of all, um, Fritz is antagonizing him. Like, Fritz, why the fuck do you have a damn... Um, torch. What they call a, a torch in broad daylight. Like, right. I, he has the castle <laughs> thing. So you is really like... When, so when that incident happened, because Fritz kept playing with him, it was kind of reminding me of when Kenya on The Real Housewives... <laughs> oh, my gosh. At the reunion. So Fritz... Is Kenya and the creature <laughs> is Portia? 
Yep. Yeah. Like, and you see what and you see how this turned out in both situations. Exactly. They both got you dragged. Can't be poking that beast. Exactly. Oh, like, Fritz hey, and you know, Fritz got dragged. Like, we see each other. Exactly. So when um, and then when he killed um Doctor Walden, I can be like was Doctor Walden or um but he killed Walden. him. It was like everything, every person that he killed, well the first two people he killed rather were they were for lack of a term, excuse me, fucking with him. Um, well, Doctor Walden really was real. Was he really fucking with him, or was he really like? No, he's about to. He, he, he was about to slice into him, though. You know. What I'm well, he was yeah, trying to figure him out. Brain. Say what? Well, he was trying to figure him out. Like, what did yeah, Frankenstein yeah, do? What else do you need to figure out? I'm here now. Like, you know, oh my like, gosh! Don't, don't cut into me no more. I'm already in pain as it is because they didn't see the end of the man was in pain or not. And then what? the little girl was an accident, and so I guess that's where this whole tragic monster figure or tragic um, grotesque figure comes into play. But like, I didn't want to be here, so I'm just gonna go take care of the man who brought who did this to me. Oh. So. If he is the villain, then he's, he would be a great villain because the great villains are those who do not realize that they are villains. They just, mm. they're always in their own mental, they, in, in their mind, what they're doing is right. Uh-huh. For some reason, it's right. Yeah. And so, a part of me saying there's no true villain, though, but if anything, everybody's a villain to some site, except for like Elizabeth and Victor and even the Baron. It's like the Baron's just trying to get drunk and, and celebrate his son's wedding. You know what I'm saying? Oh my but, gosh. <laughs> Especially when he took that wine, Thomas, from, um, yeah, because it was his mother's wine, something he don't need it. No, yeah. fool, because you want to drink it. <laughs> That's too funny. I'm probably leaning towards Henry being the villain, although you made a really good argument, Mark, about the the creature sort of like being an unwitting villain, which I, I guess he kind of is, but I still like lay the blame towards Henry. If Henry wasn't, like, messing around with stuff that he shouldn't be messing around with, like, the creature would not exist, and none of that would have happened. Yeah. Cosine. Cosine. Um, I think that, like, when you when you go into dark territory, what do you expect? It's like, we told you not to... Like, it's like what the doctor, uh, Dr. Weldon, told him. If, I, if I'm butchering his name, y'all, please tell me. Uh, when he went and Waldman. told, like, yeah, Waldman, okay, when Dr. Waldman talked to Elizabeth, like, yo, I tried to tell him, but then he went on his own path, and I have other stuff to do. Y'all saw my classes are going, they're real popular and stuff, so I don't have time to sit there and chase after one student who doesn't get, who doesn't want to um, subscribe to the concept of common sense, you know, so whatever. So, but he already sat there and left, so he could be the villain, but it's like he kind of redeemed himself towards the end of the movie. I can agree with that. This film has a lot of big moments in it you know from you know the it's alive moment to uh, the uh, windmill getting burnt down were there any smaller moments in the movie that stood out to you and as y'all think i'll i'll go over two of mine like i think any scene with the baron was a highlight just because he was reading people for filth and it was fantastic And I loved the moment earlier in the movie when um, Elizabeth and Victor and Dr. Waldman, like, you know, traipse through the storm and are knocking on the door of uh, the uh, watchtower in the rain and are basically there to, like, do some sort of intervention with Henry and, you know... 
Fritz answers the door first, and like, he doesn't want to see anybody. And then they're still knocking, and, and they're yelling for Henry, and he finally comes down, and in the beginning, he's like, y'all need to go back. And they're like, hell no, we came in through the rain. And like, we're coming inside. <laughs> so that small moment was like a, a highlight for me. I just, I really enjoyed it. Any other small moments for you three that uh, sort of stood out for you? So for me, you know, traditionally, they say that it's usually the white girl that, um, you know, they hear noise, they go follow the noise. You know, it's always the white person, white girl to do something stupid and get her butt killed. And I think that this little chick, is, I guess it was weird to stand out to me. This little chick, I feel like she was the originator of this because you, this little girl, Playing outside with a little dog. Oh, Maria? Maria. I thought you were talking about Elizabeth oh, no, for no, a no, moment. No. Maria. So oh, Maria. You by yourself playing with this dog, and you see this thing come out the, the bushes or the woods. Clearly, he don't look normal. But for your little innocent mind, cool, fine, whatever. But clearly, he's a stranger. You ain't never seen him before. Why is you playing with strangers? Why mm. you go up, you grab his hand, you bring him to you. I felt like it was a cool moment just because it showed her innocence and also it drew him to her because she wasn't trying to torture him like the guy was with the torch. She was very soft with him and welcoming with him. But look what happened. You end up getting killed. So for me, that stood out. But that scene with the Baron and Elizabeth where he kept trying to read her about her man, that, that was just everything to me. That was hilarious. For me, it would have to be what Poppy you were talking about the the rain scene because Elizabeth like give me at least give a shelter like I mean I'm in stiletto heels no that's that's stilettos though but I'm in heels and like pantyhose and I have on a dress like you don't 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 do this don't 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 do this you know um, <laughs> Henry because I mean you know don't just don't and then the fact that you know Fritz like he don't want to see nobody motherfucker I looked I, I y'all. Let me stop because I want to keep like dropping f bombs though. But yeah, I'd have been if, if she had been black, Fritz would have got red as soon as she got up in there. Like, don't you ever sit there and tell me no. Anyway, but right. the other scene for me that kind of struck me was the scene where the guy, the father, is walking through the the town with Marie. Uh, that mm-hmm. broke my heart because mm. it was like it was. Um, I don't say it was a misunderstanding because I I want to let everybody know now uh, since because we're gonna do a couple of you know other features that might have this in them, I have a thing with horror movies when they kill kids. Uh, And so, um, but unless it's like, you know, it drives the story forward. And I'm just throwing a movie out there like Pet Cemetery, and like, I can't think of another another movie. Love that movie. Yeah, it just like, it it, it wasn't gratuitous, it wasn't graphic, it wasn't like, you know, we're just doing this for shock value. Uh When it helps the story move forward, then yeah, I would, because it's still, it it, it, it emotes an emotion. But that broke my heart because I could look in that man's face and they didn't have a doll. They had him carry the actual actress and she played that so well. She was uh-huh. lifeless. And the way this scene kept going and you're like, is anybody going to stop and just sit there and take her from him and ask him anything? But it was just, it just killed. It was like death. Death had came to the town. It came to the town before Frankenstein even got there. Right. Because as he was walking, it felt like, you know, like when Pepe Le Pew was walking past something, everything just starts dying. It just felt like that. Like he walked past a uh, group of people celebrating their facial expression just dropped, just droop, droop, droop. And that stuck, that stood out for me more than 
pretty much than more than any of the other scenes in the movie because it was done, it was directed so well, and it was acted so well, and somebody in 2017 to get emotional behind it like that, yeah, it, it worked for me. Yeah, I was, I mean, all the, all the scenes with, with the Baron were just, were just, you know, nice little moments for me because, again, as a kid, I mean, you don't get all the shade, but then... Watching this and adult is like, oh, he was shady. <laughs> I agree with you, Mark, about that scene. I think that scene with the the father, whose name is Ludwig, and little Maria, like that, really changed the tone of the movie completely. Like. If they would not have included that, like, I can kind of see, um, I believe, was it uh, Ramon that said that it was, like, shocking, but it was also a little bit comedic, that uh-huh. scene? But, right. like, once you added in that scene afterwards with the father carrying her lifeless body through the town, and much like what Mark said, you know, that was the actress, and she played lifeless convincingly, like, that completely was like a whoa, like, what the hell just happened moment and um it really brought the horror factor into the movie which i mean i guess for 1931 like what we're seeing is horrific but like by today's standards i mean the movie's a little tame up until you get to that moment and you're like you know this is horror right here yeah the death of venice is always is horrific oh yeah yeah poor little maria so the film's climax Let's discuss it because it sort of starts off with the um, basically it's the deaths. You know, we have the death of our homeboy, Dr. Waldman. Then you've got the death of little Maria. Then Frankenstein invades the manor and uh, frightens Elizabeth. I got to say, I got to chuckle from that scene because like Frankenstein's behind her. Or I should say the creature is behind her. Um, and... Uh, like, she's sort of, like, walking around not realizing the creature's behind her. And then all of a sudden she turns around. You're like, oh, shit. And um, I guess they get into some sort of tussle and she faints. And then it's, you know, the whole uh, villagers with the torches and the pitchforks ready to, um, you know, give out some street justice, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what the, the, torch, the torch-wielding villagers. Uh-huh. Yeah. So let's talk about the climax. I agree with you, Poppy, on the whole... Because I was like, first and foremost, they heard the monster, right, at the house. I'm like, how can you hear this monster's grunt in this big-ass house? Like, Uh how can you hear this damn grunt? So they run upstairs. And then he's like, it's coming from the basement. So they run down to the basement, and Frank is outside and said, what the hell are y'all doing? Like, I'm outside. And I'm like, so how do you not? Hear, how can you not hear that the monster was outside when you went to the top floor to the basement and you heard the shrill screams of Elizabeth? Who I actually laughed at that scene. That was the <laughs> first part, like Poppy said, that took me out the movie. Because um, I'm like, did they play this for laughs? Like, you know, they say a, a you know good horror movie has a few like you know laugh moments to help you. And leave it like you know, balance out the you know the the scare factors and stuff like that. Because I'm like, this looks like some well Abbott and Costello type shit or Three Stooges. Like, she's over here. Like, like she's like, <laughs> I'm like, how do you not know that there's somebody in the room? And plus, he has to be smelling 
god awful. It's a dead flesh walking around. Like that should have uh, hit your nose as soon as the window opened. <laughs> like, woo, damn, what the hell is that? But you know, right. but, so, but after that, and then they get all the villagers together, and I like that they get Ludwig to lead a group because Frankenstein's affected him, and Frankenstein's affected Henry. So, and then mm-hmm. the, so you got these two groups lead, led by these people who. We're going to take him out regardless. You know what I'm saying? There was no... Because I thought that Henry was going to be like, well, let me leave my group and uh, I'm going to try to save him. But thankfully, he was like, I got to take you down, son, because you're doing the most. And, you know... I you're doing the most. You're doing the most. You're doing the utmost right now. And I need for you to just stop because I feel horrible by crossing that line. And if I can sit there and find a way to, you know retrace my steps, then I'm going to do it. So, uh-huh. mm, Absolutely. Any other thoughts on the climax of the movie? No, just that, you know, unfortunately, uh, the creature had to, had to die. Yeah. Uh, there was a moment, being, you know, this is the first time that I'm watching this movie, there was a moment where I thought Henry could die, and there was a moment when mm. I thought the creature could die, and then there was a moment where I thought both of them were going to die, and then Henry got tossed like a rag doll on the windmill. That was hilarious. You know, it was funny, but it was also very realistic. And I could see, like, sort of, like, where they faked it, but still it looked pretty real to me. And I was surprised by that realism, especially for it being a movie from the 1930s. But he somehow miraculously survived, and the creature didn't, which is kind of funny because I know that we talked last week about Dracula and how there are sequels to Dracula and Dracula died, but there are sequels with Dracula alive, and there are sequels to this movie because obviously he gets a bride at one point. So somehow, even though the creature died, he still survives in film. Yeah, I I thought um, that was the second time it took me out of the movie too was when that doll hit that wind I'm like I chuckled but then I'm like oh he's dead there's no way in hell he could come back from there but then I was shocked at the end of the movie when he was sitting laying in bed and everybody was fawning over him I got a question for everybody did y'all find it kind of like interesting given the fact that nobody said anything to him like how did this creature come to be and yes I said that's exactly what I thought I was like okay did anybody stop to think <laughs> one what the hell were you doing up at that watchtower and how the hell did this thing get to be created and walking around in the first place where did it right. come from right he sort of explained a little bit but it was like a teeny tiny little sentence where he was basically like you know I, I stole body parts from uh like the cemetery, but they didn't follow it up with like what? Uh-huh. Yeah, because this thing has killed an innocent child. You know what I'm saying? Like this thing has. It's like what? Well, I mean, when everything dies down, well, like how did it come to be? Like what happened? Like it seemed like because somebody be like, oh, that was so and so, so and so's face. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like or you know like did the, did the dead get back up and walk around or something? Or because uh-huh. everybody who knew that Victor. I'm a victim, but Henry created the monster was dead, you know, outside of um, Victor and Elizabeth, and we didn't see Victor no damn more after the um, after the um, wedding was canceled, so I was like, right. you know, 
Maybe that probably be a uh, little plot point where Victor's like get jealous and like, well, I'm gonna tell everybody that you was one created a damn monster and they can be jealous <laughs> of Elizabeth. Right, you know, right. ruin them. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was just like that. That stuck out to me. Like that was the biggest loophole to me. Uh-huh. But I yeah. might have got ahead of myself, Poppy. I'm sorry if I did. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. No. <laughs> So what about the coda scene at the very end? Like, after everything happened, we see that Henry is alive, and the Baron is excited about planning for the wedding. And then the movie ends. I thought it was a little weird and jarring. Sort of like last time when we discussed Dracula, how the end just sort of happened like they kill dracula and then all of a sudden van helsing is like oh you know i got some stuff to do around this crypt you all can leave and then we see the two uh characters like leaving the uh castle or you know the 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 location that uh, dracula had bought in uh, the film and then all of a sudden this one we sort of end with I guess a happy ending or like, uh, you know, a sort of like, Oh, everything's okay now type of ending. And I'll be honest, I would have preferred it to have ended with us seeing the, uh, windmill burning to be quite honest. Right. Yeah. Just leave it there. Yeah. Yeah. They could have ended it right there, but, uh, but yeah, they just kind of like tacked on that weird epilogue that, you know, you know, they did get married and, you know, even though, He's, uh, he's recovering from his ordeal. You know, the Baron is still there and, and, and celebrating, the, <laughs> celebrating the, the wedding and the future of his family. And like, right. oh, okay. <laughs> well, I thought two things about the ending. One, like Poppy said, it was kind of jarring. Because I think it felt like, because they described it as pre-code horror movie. And so I'm thinking like, but it still has some remnants of like the code because Every movie had to have some sort of happy ending or something like that. Some sort of, like, you know, everything had to be wrapped up in a nice, pretty little bow. And I thought that that may have been some of the reasons behind it. Because, like you, Pop, I would have preferred that windmill burning. It's like, the monster is dead. And, you know, that was Frankenstein, ladies and gentlemen. You know, and then the other thing I thought about, don't laugh at me, y'all, but I'm like, I'm so glad there's no black maids in this damn movie. Um I know yeah, it's kind of left field because I, I like where you're oh. coming from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm white. And I'm like, see, I mean, we all were made, we all were maids and butlers back in the day. I'm like, everybody walking around there is white. So don't act like it wasn't <laughs> white butlers and maids back in the day. I like that line. <laughs> there are white butlers too. Right. Like the ending for me, the ending for me was cool. I definitely felt like it didn't necessarily fit. Like the rest of you guys, that they could have stopped when the, you know, when the thing blew, um, caught on fire and, and things. But yeah, and I didn't even get what was the significance of telling us at the end, having this moment about the mama's wine. Like this was supposed to be like a scary movie, and you kind of ended on like a funny note. Yeah. Was- oh, he doesn't need the wine, but I do. Right. Like mm-hmm. okay, that's and how you list- a horror movie. Exactly, and then let's have a toast to uh, future Frankenstein's. I'm like, um, a child's dead. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. Is that dead because of your son, <laughs> sir? But let's get to, let's let's just be real here. Like, okay, so let's discuss awards and accolades. Frankenstein is uh, widely regarded as one of the best films of 1931 and as well as one of the greatest movies of all time. The film was selected for preservation. Uh, 
in the United States National Film Registry uh, in 1991. Um, it was deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. In 2004, the New York Times placed the film on its best 1,000 movies ever list. It's also been recognized by the American Film Institute. It was named the 87th greatest movie of all time on its 100 years, 100 movies list. The line, it's alive, it's alive, was ranked as the 49th greatest movie quote in American cinema. The film... Uh, you know, was on the ballot for several of AFI's 100 series lists, including AFI's 10 top 10 for the sci-fi category, also 100 years, 100 movies, 10th anniversary edition, and twice on 100 years, 100 heroes and villains for both Dr. Henry Frankenstein and the monster in uh, the villains category. The film was ranked number 56 on AFI's 100 years, 100 thrills, a list of America's more, most America's Most Heart-Pounding Movies, and uh, the Chicago Film Critics Association named it the 14th scariest film ever made. Let's check in on uh, the Rotten Tomatoes Fresh Meter and... Uh, Frankenstein, 1931's Frankenstein, is certified 100% fresh, which is pretty impressive. Uh So now it's time to hand out some of our own awards here in the ballroom. And uh, let's start off with the easiest one of the night, the Queen of Shade. Oh, damn Baron. <laughs> oh, Baron Frankenstein. Yes, what was the read of the night? When he told her it wasn't no experiment, that it's another woman. So <laughs> okay. you just gonna tell you just gonna tell this woman the whole man got another woman. It's kinda like how they say like present day, our generation, they say, you know, if your man say he's working late, that means he's cheating. So this was kind of where something like that was stemmed from. He's saying it's an experiment, which we all know it was, but this fool told me something, you lied to me. You know it's another woman. You just don't want to tell me. And, and unapologetically, too. Like, he just, he was all over, he just took over the whole entire scene. It's like, <laughs> right, another I woman mean, has taken care of your wedding, and I'm like, oh, we, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, he, he, read, he read the Burgermeister. He even read the townspeople. It's like right. uh, it's extraordinary how friendly you can make a lot of people on a couple of bottles of beer. Tomorrow, tomorrow yes. they'll be all fighting. I was like, True. girl, that's, that's shady. Really? Right. <laughs> I forgot he said that. <laughs> what about a spot of tea? The most teaful moment. I would say when Doctor Walden was told, um, um, Henry, like. No, here is here is like well, I took I took body parts from graveyards, gallows. I even stole the brain from your office. He said, "Oh, the brain that was in my office was the one that was stolen was a criminal brain." So, mm. Mm. <laughs> exactly. Doctor Waldman is reading in every movie. Oh yeah, oh yeah. For me, I have to say when Victor, who is Doctor Frankenstein's friend, yes, pretty much told the wife. How do you feel about her? That's where I was going. That was mine. When he was basically about to profess his love, and she was like, uh-uh, you're the friend. I, right. I like Henry. Like, you need to stop. Right. Like, me and your dude are friends, but I'm still finished the rest of my feelings for you. 
Oh, yeah, that was juicy for me. <laughs> oh, that was definitely both, – both of those were, were definitely up there for me. Agreed. What was the most shocking moment? <laughs> Toss that heifer in the water. Okay. When he tossed yeah. Lemarie in the water, that threw me off. I can co-sign with that. Oh, absolutely. So to follow that up, the Mickey Rooney Award for Excellence in Child Acting, Little Maria, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Because they don't tell her how far he was walking. They don't tell her how many takes it took to do that. She really played lifeless. Like, you really could have thought it was just a fake doll or something. She did a very good job. Yeah. What was the best usage of a cheesy special effect? That damn windmill. I'm sorry, y'all. This, <laughs> this shit just took me all the way out. I was like, damn, they're like they just do a doll over goddamn wall. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can I like co-sign that as well out. a little bit. I wouldn't say the doll, but like every shot of uh, the creature like, at the tippy top of the windmill, and we see the windmill turning, like, uh-huh. he wasn't there. Like, th- that was an effect to where he was, like, superimposed into the scene. But it was it was cheesy, but I, I was here for it. <laughs> what about the that's so retro moment? What was a scene or something in a scene that sort of, like, took you out of it and was like, oh, okay, this is old as fuck? Oh, the 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 um, laboratory equipment. Yeah, I'll go the little ball of static electric, little static electricity going on in the in the crystal. In the oh crystal yes, that was. Yeah, I concur. Yep. yep, that would be mine too. What was the moment that made you gag? <laughs> we mean horrifically or like, girl? <laughs> what? It's up to you. <laughs> oh. Well, what gagged me was when Elizabeth was just like, "Oh, she's she's a, she's she's got a feeling. She just knows something's gonna happen. Something's wrong. Something something bad is about to happen." And I was like, "Girl, okay, you better crank up that 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 feminine intuition." <laughs> right. I don't think I had anyone for me. I think it was when um actually I'm gonna be honest with you, when Frankenstein took out Doctor Walker, I didn't know what was gonna happen. I saw. Business I love how you that- change his name every time. Now he's Doctor Walker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought that was. I'm just. I, mean, I thought that was. But anyway, um, I thought it was when he got killed because the actor. I mean, he's the go-to person, and plus, you're not supposed to kill every person who explains everything in the horror movie. So it was just kind of jarring for me because I would be that person in the horror movie explaining shit, and I'd be like, "Oh, you got to die, Mark." Now you explained everything. So, <laughs> for me to be when Doctor Waldman was. Um teasing Frankenstein with the fire. Like, why is you fucking with this monster? You don't know what the hell about to happen. You just teasing this man with the fire. I just thought, yeah, that for me, I was like, oh, yeah, this fool is crazy. Fritz, my bad, yeah, him. When he was teasing the man with the fire, that did it for me. I was like, oh, yeah. I just, I feel like something bad's about to happen then. Yeah, that didn't make any sense. Who was the diva? Oh, diva. I'm gonna say the Baron. I'm sorry because okay. he was bigger than I was, he was uh, bigger than life. I'm sorry. I can co-sign with that. I was gonna give it to Elizabeth, although comedically, part of me also wants to give it to the to the monster. But um, I would say Baron too because he he didn't have a lot of like he wasn't in every scene, but baby, his scenes were memorable, and he took over every scene he was in. So yeah, I would say him. Yeah, shout out to the Baron. 
I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> Definitely a highlight. So now it's time to rank the film with our very special categories. We have five categories that you can use to rank Frankenstein. And the first category is... The Screamer, it's for a movie that is scare-filled. We have The Gut Buster, which is a movie that is uh, basically filled with gross stuff. We have The Eye Popper, which is for a film that's visually impressive. We have The Grave Digger for a film that is lacking scares. And then we have The Mind Blower for overall best in show. And you can mix and match uh, categories. You do not have to just give out one it's totally up to you and uh, let's start off with Ramon I would say um I'm gonna go with iPod I you know I'm gonna go with eye popper because I just felt like for you know 1931 I just felt like there was a simplicity to a lot of the set but it was very effective um, whether it was the, the grandness of the house, whether it was how kind of state of art for that time, I felt like the, the laboratory area was, um, the setting of the town and just different places. So, yeah, for me, I would give it the eye popper. Legionnaire? Um, yeah, I would I would give it eye popping because I, I, the, the, the visual sets really worked me the look of the movie uh even for 1931 i mean it's it's timeless for me uh even in some of the more uh fakey type stuff that was going on it still worked very well for the for the time of the movie so it didn't it didn't take me out of the movie at all so uh so yeah that that's what i got mark Eye popper, I mean, I liked everything that the movie gave me, considering the, the small time frame. It was nicely packaged, you know, and the story flowed. There was no dragging. There was no boring-ass um, dialogue or just exposition. Mm-hmm. Everything flowed. Like the whole you know, scene with the, um, the doctor and henry all just sitting there discussing what he's done and him coming to the realization like i've totally screwed the pooch with this one and um it's like the mentor saying like yeah you screwed up but you got to get back up and do what you need you know do it do what needs to be done and it's like the doctor was going just passing off his like pretty much like saying like yeah you screwed up and but it was kind of like him giving him giving Henry his common sense because he was getting ready to leave the set. You know what I'm saying? Like he's getting ready to extra stage left, and so that's why I think Henry picked back up and went and did everything he had to do. But it flowed nicely, and like I said, with an hour, fourteen minutes, an hour, ten minutes, very, very nicely done. I co-sign with all of you. I think the film is an eye popper for all the reasons all of you said. And I'm going to throw in an addition of uh, Mind Blower, the overall best in show. I mean, this is a classic. It's legendary. And I feel like it just, it needs to be, uh, you know, classified as a Mind Blower as well for, you know, just the amazing legacy of uh, Frankenstein and uh, the monster, the creature. 
So now it's time to rate the film. On a 1 to 10 scale, we're handing out hotel room keys. The point system is allowed. So how would you rate 1931's Frankenstein? And let's start off with uh, Legionnaire. Uh, let's see. This movie I will give nine room keys. Um, definitely was a nice throwback to the movie I saw as a child, and it gave me some stuff that was new. Um, definitely gave me a new appreciation of uh, the acting and the visuals. So that's what I got. Nine room keys. Mark, what about you? Um, I'll give it nine room keys as well. Like I said, it 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 still upholds its his narrative and its um its worth and what you know and all that good stuff. And also, I don't really follow Rotten Tomatoes like that. I I, I don't know. I just something about the, the whole thing that irks the fuck out of me. But it's <laughs> it's correct. It is a hundred percent fresh even to this day. It's still relevant. It's very relevant to this day. Um, and there's other movies. I mean, it's iconic. So yeah, nine keys for me. Ramon, what about you? I would give it, um, I would say eight room keys. Um, I think it's a classic. It's actually one of my um, favorite old school horror movies. I really appreciate it. Um, oh, yeah, the acting. I feel like it was a good mixture of you had the scary aspects, but then they threw in, you know, comedic things here and there. Um the, the wardrobe, the sets. I, yeah, I just love everything about it. So I, I would give it an 8. Well, Ramon ruined it, y'all. Because I'm giving it a 9 <laughs> as well. So unfortunately, we don't have a streak. But it's fine. And I, I'm giving it a 9 because I just thought it was an incredibly strong picture. It uh, was visually stunning. I thought the story was very well done. The uh, act were really good. There were a lot of standout characters from the characters that had bigger roles to even the smaller roles. And I'm talking about you, uh, Little Maria. I just thought it was a really strong movie. So it gets nine hotel room keys from me. All right, listeners, please drag your bodies away from the ballroom and prepare to check out. Join us next time for a brand new installment of Horror Hotel. Once again, here's one of our bellhops with a few special announcements. Good evening. We thank you for your patronage. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hotel. Follow Panpichulo Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Panpichulo Radio. For more information on Horror Hotel. Visit panpichuloradio.com slash horrorhotel. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at panpichuloradio.com. Help support Panpichulo Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash panpichuloradio. Are you interested in joining the Panpichulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at panpichuloradio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Panpichulo Radio programs by visiting panpichuloradio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Panpichulo Radio's Horror Hotel and subscribe. 
We hope you've brought your death certificate. Make final arrangements now. <laughs> Thank you. My fellow Horror Hotel team, please wish our hotel guests and the listeners a good night. Good night, listeners. Until next time. Peace and soul. Take care, guys. Thanks for tuning in. You may have checked into the Horror Hotel, but who says you're allowed to check out? Good night. <laughs>